They're the joyful agains our children shout on the swings, the exhausting agains of cooking and laundry, and the difficult agains of discipline. So much of what we do as mothers is on repeat. So what if we woke up with clarity, knowing which agains we were called to, and went to bed believing we are faithful in what matters most? We believe God's Word is the key to untangle from the confusion and overwhelm we feel. Let's look up together to embrace a motherhood full of freedom and joy. Thanks for listening to this special Christmas episode of the Again Podcast. My name is Stephanie Hickox, and today I'm joined by Betsy Corning, Jen Freckman, and Emily Dio. I'm bringing you another section of our conversation regarding gift-giving principles, sibling gifts, and talking all about how much attention we think Santa should have in your home. And as promised, at the end of our conversation, I'm going to share a little bit about how the talk might be something that incorporates itself into your holiday happenings this year or in the years to come. Some of the content in this episode will be best for the ears of parents, and we recommend that you don't have your children listen to this episode with you. We know it's getting really close to Christmas, and hopefully you have a lot of your gift-giving wrapped up, but sometimes I find it's really helpful to hear someone else's thoughts on things, and it confirms why we do what we do, so it might be fun to put this on in the background as you're wrapping Christmas presents, changing sheets for company, or decking the halls. All right, let's get to it. Okay, everyone. Now I'm hoping we can talk about any gift-giving principles or guidelines that help us set boundaries or our philosophies on that. How do you determine how you give gifts and do you have any principles that guide it or does that change every year? Emily, how about you? For us, it just it does change every year. I do try to get them something to read and always something to make with their hands. But... Mm. It's never been written in stone. That's just kind of what I always do and mm-hmm. what I gravitate towards. As far as boundaries go, um, we just kind of, we we give gifts to, um, I guess we really don't have any boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be your kid? <laughs> It's getting getting late, so my mind is, woo. That's funny. We have boundaries for for our kids. But in giving outside of just our children, we always give to our family. But that's changed over the years, too. So I think we just kind of assess where we're at each year and take it from there. We have a set amount that we spend on each kid each year. And so I try to get an idea of, do you have one big thing that you would like and then a few other little things? Or do you just have a bunch of little things that you're looking for? And I just kind of assess a little bit of that. But we really are pretty careful to not buy them things apart from their birthday and Christmas. Mm -hmm. Even like at Easter time, we don't buy as many gifts and don't think, oh, I found this toy, I'm going to give it to you. So this is really the only time that we give them or buy them things that they want. Otherwise, they have to save up their money Mm -hmm. for something that they would want. So we do spend a certain amount and then I do that. But then if there's something for our homeschool that we need that I want for all of us to use, like a new really good art supply or a new, you know, art book or whatever it is, I will gift it and put it under the tree as 
Joyful Adventure Academy. So it's a gift mm-hmm. for everybody and we all we all use that. So it's fun because we get to open it and be like, oh, look, but then I don't have to worry about like, who it exactly it goes to because we're all going to use it. Mm-hmm. So I do, we do kind of some of that for the supplies that are just a little bit above or beyond what I would do for the regular homeschools. Mm-hmm. And then each kid gets their own special gifts or whatnot. And then we do sibling gifts where we go to the store and they use their own money to buy a gift for their siblings. Sometimes we will either do a bigger gift and they'll draw names. Or if they choose, they want to do each of them buying a gift, then we'll do a smaller amount. And then one year they went to Five Below and they picked for everybody. So they each of them bought three gifts to give. But then last year they decided they wanted to spend $20 and draw a name. And that was really sweet because it was a little bit more of a nicer gift. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun to see them pick it out. And they're, that is the gift that they want to give right away. First thing, they don't want to open a gift. They mm-hmm. want to give their gift. And I That's love sweet. that. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. We do the same exact thing, same price limit, everything with the four kids. Yep. $20 limit. They draw names. And then, yep. but so excited mm-hmm. about that gift. Yeah. And I also do what Betsy does with writing a code on it. I... Because they're, you know, like the size of the box, they can guess. And so I'm known for putting like a golf ball in it just to to turn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds different and to throw them off. So I now I, I do have a code. And so now when they go down, they don't know. I have, as I wrap it, I put it out. And so there's, right now there's gifts under the tree and they have no idea who it's for because it has a code on it that only I know. (laughs) So it's fun. They're like trying to guess and there's cereal that sounds like Legos. And so I will. Oh, I wrap up boxes of cereal a lot. You know, but they'll be excited too, because it's not let them eat those kind of cereals. <laughs> yeah. Right. So then they're like, that's still a great gift, but it's not the Lego set I thought I was getting. So that's fun. Yeah. The, it is a really great, it really, really helps a lot because if you're shopping for a large amount of people like you do when you're a grandma, it's really hard to keep it really balanced and even. And it is even if you have a, a number of kids. So that really helps to have the envelope or to go out on that shopping day. We really love that. But we also play the good attitude game. And that is, this is just a, something a little extra I do. And this is a hard tradition to keep too, because now I have to shop for 18 people. It's like a white elephant and you go around But there's lots of great presents in there, but there's always a clunker. And uh, Mm. one year, Johnny (laughs) fell for the giant, beautiful box with the bent-up wire hangers. And But, like, you start the game and you say, this is the good attitude game. Now you have nothing and you are going to go home with something, but you have to have a good attitude about it. And you know what? They have an opportunity <laughs> to trade it out. But he had the very last opportunity to trade it out, and he traded for the, the box, which uh, now they never pick the big fancy box. But this year <laughs> it was actually something really nice. So try not to make uh, anybody too upset. And, and lots of times I will, you know, 
pick it out at the end. But no, we really wanted to be, you know, have a good attitude. Now, when you play that game, you know how it goes. You go all the way through the lineup to number 18, but then we start over at number one and they can trade it out. So now they see everything. And by the way, mm-hmm. they're wrapped and they have a ribbon and they have to fish for it with a, a hook. It's a toy one. It's not a real fishing hook. They have to fish for their prize. It's set on a big table. And um, there's always the game within the game, we call it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really fun to watch them all. Oh, my goodness. Fling that hook around was kind of dangerous this year with the little kids. <laughs> so that's just a little extra thing that mm-hmm. you might do to, if you like, hey, they already know what they're probably going to get. So I want to mm-hmm. have something that's sort of a little surprise. So fun. We do the something you want, something you need, something to do, something to read, and then do a shared gift. So kind of like what you were saying, Jen, but this is kind of their big gift. And and one year it was a fort building kit. And one year it was food with this farm stand when they were younger. And I guess I like it because it's, it takes away part of that possessiveness and Mm. greediness Mm -hmm. a little bit that this is to share and to enjoy together but you're still getting something special and then I'm happy to spend a little bit more on that item one year we used all of our Costco rewards for an entire year and then put all the aunt and uncle money and got a swing set so it's really exciting but I always have a fun challenge for them to open that gift Mm. last year we did a Christmas escape room and they had to solve all these puzzles to open it one year, we had them figure out how many gifts you would get in the 12 days of Christmas. It can go so quickly to open up the gifts that they have. When they do this challenge together, it extends the morning, which is really fun. And I just like to hear the way that they encourage each other and the teamwork that it produces. Like my oldest will say to his younger brother, you're the calculator. We need you. Also, I I should say that when we give this something to do, sometimes it's been a game that then we'll play that as a family. I like the idea of the gift producing an opportunity for family time. Now let's talk a little bit about our thoughts on Santa. Does anyone have a strong conviction or a strong preference on the topic? Obviously, we know that this is a personal preference, but I just wanted to give you an opportunity to speak about your thoughts on the idea. We, we never did. Was... Oh, sorry. <laughs> we always we never. And we never. No, we did. We did set out cookies and milk for Santa because we made all of those sugar cookies. But <laughs> our kids never. They, they knew Santa wasn't real. It was just a fun thing that we just kind of played along with. They knew it wasn't real. So we we had fun with it, but we never, but they knew, they knew all along. We just had fun with it. And so I, I didn't grow up believing in Santa, but, and the kids had fun with it. We would set it out in a cute little vintage Santa mug and we just had fun with it. Um, and we always asked J- dad, like my Jake, what cookie Santa wanted this year. <laughs> so we just enjoyed it, but they always knew the real meaning behind Christmas. <laughs> we didn't do Santa. We just, I don't know. We, we never, we just never t- did. We told them from the beginning, like, yeah, people are going to ask you in the store. Santa's going to bring you and 
you can just give them an answer and move on. But um, they obviously knew about Santa. You can't. I don't think it's possible for people to not know about Santa because everybody everybody does it. So mm-hmm. um, it, this year, I actually had a friend whose daughter still believes in Santa, and they go through great extent to help her to keep that just magical for them. And, and so we had to talk to my youngest about like, how do you handle that? <laughs> like yeah. you, it's yeah. not your job mm. to crush her dreams there. <laughs> um, so just, you know, having to be careful about mm. like, that's just not mm-hmm. what our family does. We're not against it. We just, we just always wanted it. I, I always wanted our kids to feel like we we're telling them the truth. That's just a personal conviction for us that we just wanted to that they they were hearing the truth from us but that's not to say that I think it's you know horrible she'll still be friends with you Emily yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah well I sure. mean there was a real Saint Nick so you can tell them about that the idea is to be giving and charitable yeah the the whole idea of Santa has definitely gone uh to the extreme I would mm-hmm. let my kids, if they wanted to, get a picture with Santa, but they, they always knew yes. that it wasn't real. We always said everything <laughs> we have comes from the Lord, not yeah. Santa, but don't rain on people's parades if they're pretty serious <laughs> right. about it, except, you know, I don't understand why people would be really mm-hmm. serious about it because there's other things <clears throat> that are so much more serious and more important, but, um, you know, there's some pretty cute things out there, but I just never bought anything with Santa. We just never had Santa in our house at all. He just wasn't in there. But uh, not to say that we didn't see a book that had Santa on it or <laughs> that you might see you know, some really cute little mugs. Mm-hmm. It's just a personal preference. You just have to know what the mm-hmm. truth is and that, that everything comes from the Lord. Yeah, that's a great distinction. When I was in college, I heard one of the guys in our campus ministry say, my parents didn't want to teach us about Santa and mm. teach us about God and have us find out Santa wasn't real and think God wasn't real. And and just at that moment, I was like, all right, like my mind's made up. And not not because you can't do both, but because like you said, Jen, that I want my kids to know that I will tell you the truth. But I feel like it's such a displaced focus. Mm. Like Everything magical about Santa is true of Jesus. Yeah. He rides through the clouds. You can read in scripture about how, you know, Jesus is returned and he, he's going to come on the clouds. And the Santa, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Mm-hmm. I feel like when it's about Santa, it's almost creepy and he's record keeping. But with the Lord, that's mm-hmm. for our protection and our goodness and tenderness. And he gives good gifts. And I just think. And he has, you know, he's a generous father. All Mm. of the great things about Santa are true of Jesus. And so why would I spend time focusing on that? Give his glory to another. Yes. I remember finding out that Santa wasn't real and (laughs) I was crushed and just like, Mm. I feel like, how could you lie to me? And, and felt like, like part of my childhood died. And so I think some, even I have some relatives that are like, how could you take that magical part away mm-hmm. from your children? But I feel, no, no, no. I want to teach them mm-hmm. about all of that oh. hope and all of that pure heartedness. Like that's yes and amen in Jesus. And and so you can 
we can actually steward that and encourage it by saying, you're mm. right. Like you, you were mm. built for something magical, totally. for something supernatural. And, and all of yes. that is true yes. of Jesus. And Jesus right. does, doesn't disappoint yes. when you hear about who he really is. Yep. I never thought about that. I'm going to have to meditate on that for a little while, for sure. But really, we might have strong thoughts on it, but we know that it's a personal preference. And Emily, I'm sure that your vintage mug is adorable and we would gladly drink out of them if we were celebrating at your house. Well, I've seen some pretty cute Santa things I have. Uh, (laughs) I find it would be exhausting to keep it going. Mm -hmm. Like I would be like, oh, man. Yes. We got we got to keep doing this and I don't it it freed me so much to be like yeah he's not real. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's interesting that the two main holidays Christmas and Easter there's yeah. the secular view of, you know, eclipsing that with an Easter bunny or Santa Claus <laughs> and where we feel the Santa Claus is benevolent. I don't yes, know what the Easter bunny right. does, but Yes. Neither one of those, even though we might have a bunny cake or an Easter egg hunt or whatever, and we, we do do that, it doesn't mean they know that uh, Jesus reigns supreme in everything and every day. Mm-hmm. But we also do love to do some, I love a good imagination mm-hmm. and some fun and some creativity. We always, the the person that we played up was the tooth fairy, and they mm-hmm. knew <laughs> that the tooth fairy wasn't real, but we always just said, you know, it's not eclipsing the Lord uh, in in one of his um, important, you know, celebrations or announcements mm-hmm. of his birth or his resurrection. So uh, we, we always kind of mm-hmm. uh, pretended about the truth fairy. That was fun. And I think, you know, imaginary things and things with little children are fun. And that, sure. I think that's the thing that For people sure. are gravitating towards with their mm-hmm. children. But we just have to be careful that it never eclipses the true one who never forsakes, never fails us, never disappoints Mm us. And that is just something that we can hope in forever. So funny because we do the tooth fairy too. And I'm like, am I being inconsistent? Because my boys knew this is pretend. But my daughter has hung on to it a little bit more than I expected. Obviously, that's mom's handwriting on that note. But I would just write them really funny notes about like, oh, thank goodness. I've been circling your house for weeks. I'm so glad that tooth finally fell out. I'm glad to hear that you also did that, Aunt Betsy. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and we hope that it either confirmed something that you're feeling or maybe provoked some thought into the reasons behind your traditions. Before I let you go, I'm going to share a little bit about something really special that happened in our home during the Christmas season that I truly wasn't expecting and didn't plan, but I'm so thankful for how the Lord orchestrated it. It was a Sunday in December, and we had just gotten home from church. And previously, I had shown my children a Miracle of Life video. Perhaps you've seen it. It has beautiful music in the background, and it shows a baby developing in the womb. And I had shown it to them, I think when I was pregnant with my youngest, to explain what the Lord is doing and how the baby was developing. But it does begin with an egg being fertilized, and of course, they never thought much about that. But all of a sudden, I could see that this was really clicking in my son's head as he was getting older and he was starting to put some things together. 
When I say the talk, I want to be clear that it's better to have a series of talks that it's an ongoing conversation that you have with your children, that there's openness and honesty in an age-appropriate way. But this was the moment that was the clearest that we had ever expressed how this works to my son. And I realized, okay, he's really putting it together. He's on the brink and we need to provide a little bit more clarity here for him. So I talked to my husband quickly and he felt peace about it and he agreed. So we put my other children down for their rest time. We warmed up apple cider and sat my son down in front of the Christmas tree and we were able to explain the talk more clearly. Again, like I said, in an age-appropriate way, but we were able to explain it in light of the virgin birth. The focus was on Christ and the miracle of that. And I think it made it so much more beautiful. And then I also explained to my son that just as at Christmas, when we're so excited to give him gifts, that God is really excited to give him this gift when he's married someday. But just like if you peek at your Christmas presents too early, your joy on Christmas morning isn't as exciting. And we told him, the Lord has this gift to give you, but you need to wait until you're married to open it. I explained that I was available to talk to him anytime he wanted to, and we kind of call it our code is a marriage present. I'm sharing this because it was something I had never planned, like I said, but because so much of the focus was on Christ and the miracle of his arrival, and we were sitting in front of the Christmas tree, and it, it became one of my favorite parenting moments, and I didn't expect that. So if you have been feeling the Holy Spirit prompting you that one of your children is ready to have a little bit more clarity on the topic, then it might be the time. And on that note, I want to share a really funny story that I heard recently from a friend. She told me that her friend's child had come to her and said, Mom, what is virgin? And the mom thought, oh, okay. She gave a very clear, accurate description and then she said to her son, can you tell me where you heard that word? And he said, yeah, I just read it on the bottle of olive oil that you have there. <laughs> the lesson is, sometimes we need to ask a few more questions before our children need more information. Thanks again for listening to this episode. I do hope that it's provided some wisdom, some joy, and if there are some hard things that you're wrestling with, I hope that you can take a moment to listen to the episode entitled Emmanuel, How Jesus Truly Transforms Even Our Disappointments. As mothers, it's so easy to have these idealistic, picturesque expectations of what the holiday will look like, and often it sets us up for disappointment. I pray that we can truly enter in with Christ's arrival and the humility of the manger this Christmas season. I pray that we teach our kids to marvel at the simplicity and the beauty of it all over what they are receiving. And if you have been blessed by Entrusted or by this podcast, we ask that you would share it with a friend, write a review, and perhaps you would consider donating to the ministry. You can head to our website to do that. We pray you have a blessed Christmas season. We know you're busy, Mama, so we are truly grateful you joined us for this episode of Again. If you're looking for more information about building your home on the foundation of Jesus Christ, head to www.entrustedministries.com to learn more about our study for moms entrusted with a child's heart. 
This scripture-saturated study has blessed families around the world, and we want it for you too. Before you go, I want to pray this benediction over you from 2 Thessalonians 1, 11-12. We're rooting for you. To this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of His calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by His power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in Him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Until we meet again.